Welcome to this Touch Podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Oncology. In this podcast, three experts discuss the role of biomarkers in optimising the treatment of colorectal cancer and how biomarkers are shaping the evolving treatment landscape. The discussion is guided by pre-canvassed questions provided by healthcare professionals involved in the management of patients with colorectal cancer. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from the healthcare business of Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. This activity is jointly provided by USF Health and Touch IME. Hello, my name is Dr. K. Mulo and I am Deputy Director of Aged Cancer Center Hospital, also the Director of the Department of Clinical Oncology and Chief of Outpatient Treatment Center at the Aichi Cancer Center Hospital in Nagoya, Japan. It is my great pleasure to welcome you to this discussion regarding optimizing strategy for the treatment of colorectal cancer in the biomarker ELA. I am here with Dr. Rachel Leichelman from the Clinical Oncology Department at the AC Camargo Cancer Center in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and Dr. Chiara Clemolini from the Department of Translational Research and New Technologies in Medicine and Surgery at the University of Pisa in Italy. This is agenda of section one. One is stratifying patients to optimize first-line treatment in colorectal cancer. And second topics is current techniques and recent advances in biomarker testing for patients with colorectal cancer. And third topics is the role of biomarker testing in the evolving colorectal cancer treatment landscape. One is stratifying patients to optimize first-line treatment in colorectal cancer. You can see here overview and prevalence of common metastatic colorectal cancer biomarkers of all biomarkers in colorectal cancer. And you can see here prevalence of number of NTRAC, KELAS, and NLAS, and so on. You can see here. And in the addition to LAS and VLAF mutations, MSI high, DMMR status. HATSU amplification and NTRAC fusion tumor location has been incorporated into guidelines for making treatment decisions. Okay, let's start discussion. Stratifying, stratifying patients to optimize first-line therapy in colorectal cancer. One question is that do the key biomarkers for systemic therapy differ between left and right-sided tumors? And when should we start testing for them? Rachel or Kiara, please. Thank you, Dr. Muro. I think we should be ordering biomarkers when we start first-line treatment, regardless of tumor sightness, although we know that sightness is a very important prognostic and predictive um, biological biomarker, I would say, for first-line therapy, but I think we should order this test up front. I see. Kira? 
I definitely agree. I always wanted to have a RAS and BRAF mutational status and also microsatellite instability for all metastatic colorectal cancer patients when the metastatic disease is diagnosed independently of the site of origin of the primary tumor. Although I think that this information, especially with regard to RAS mutational status, is much more relevant in left-sided tumors because here we have nowadays, I think, a strong amount of evidence suggesting in RAS and BRAF wild-type patients with microsatellite-stable tumors to use anti-GFR-based regimen. Okay, thank you so much. My answer is, uh, you know very well, is, uh, in Japanese trial, is a paradigm trial, is left-sided column, and also ITT population data shows the benefit of doublet plus anti-EGFR compared to doublet plus bevacizumab in last wide type colorectal cancer. This is left and right side distinguishment for the prior therapy, first line, before first line therapy is very important, I think. And second question is, should all patients be tested for Hatsu amplification and N-track fusions? Is it right? Firstly, Rachel, please. Yeah, I think yes, but not, I don't think it should be at the same time. Um, it's not mandatory for first line, but since patients undergo um, microsatellite instability evaluation, usually by immunistochemistry, it, the anytrack fusion immunistochemistry could be a reflex test. So that would be easy to do it upfront. And then for the positive uh, um, cases, then we can pursue if there is really fusions in the NGS. For the HER2, uh, it is important to know the HER2, uh, specifically for RAS wild type, because these tend to occur in about 2 to 5% of cases. But for the RAS um, mutant cases, having a HER2 is um, irrelevant since uh, you know we're not going to be using um, HER2-targeted therapy in these patients. Mm -hmm. I understand. Please, Kiara. I also agree that these information are useful in the therapeutic route of our patients, but probably not so much in the first line of therapy. With regard to heart to amplification, I generally go for asking the test, these tests in RAS wild type, although now we also have data with the trastuzumab deruxtecan that may work also in RAS mutants, but mainly RAS wild type. And uh, I go for testing and track fusions in all MSI high tumors, and in MSS, RAS and BRAF wild type. When is a very important matter is, a, of course, before first line treatment, RAS, BRAF, MSI, and for, if possible, Hatsu or NTRAC, but a little bit difficult to check the heart amplification or NTRAC fusion before first line treatment because Heart amplification is very rare, and intrac fusion is very, very, very rare. And then we usually check the late line, or after second line, or during second line, or later line. We do check heart amplification checking or intrac fusion by NZS. That's a 
Japanese situation at this moment. Okay, next topics. I would like to move on to next topics. The current techniques and recent advances in biomarker testing for patients with colorectal cancer. You can see here current biomarker testing methods in metastatic colorectal cancer. Tissue biopsy or liquid biopsy. Biomarker testing is performed via following methods. Immunohistochemistry, FISH, or next-generation sequencing, such as whole exome sequencing, whole transcriptome sequencing, or targeted sequencing, and so on. Okay, let's move on to discussion. Current techniques and recent advances in biomarker testing for patients with colorectal cancer. First question is, what are the potential implications of liquid biopsy, both in the metastatic and early settings? Okay, Rachel, please. That is a very interesting question, Dr. Moro. Well, we, at least in my country, liquid biopsy is not that common to be used, given that you know, reimbursement is an issue. But I'm pretty sure, well, at least I hope this will change in the future. I think it's still liquid biopsy in, in the adjuvant setting, I would say is a very strong prognostic uh, tool. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it is uh, predictive now. Mm -hmm. In the metastatic setting, it's, it's important to use, if, if we have access to it, of course, after liver metastasectomy to look into uh, minimal residual disease, also as a strong prognostic information. But in the metastatic unresectable setting, I would say we can use it uh, if, um, as a substitution for uh, tissue if we do not have access to, to it. So is it okay to perform the uh, colon panels and with RAS and BRAF evaluation by liquid biopsy if you don't have tissue? And you can also use it to evaluate for emergent uh, re resistant mechanisms. So in the setting of re-challenging, for example, in third line, fourth line with anti-GFR, you can still evaluate if, let's say, there is uh, the surge of uh, RAS mutant clones to, to really tailor treatment to patients who are still uh, have still uh, tumors with a RAS wild-type phenotype. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Kira? I think that uh, the uh, re-challenge or retreatment application with anti-GFRs is today the application that is uh, closest to the daily clinical practice with regard to the use of uh, liquid biopsy. For the future, I bet on uh, the detection of the minimal residual disease to properly inform the adjuvant therapy of our patients, although up to date we have only one prospective trial with available results, the dynamic trial, but many more trials are currently ongoing worldwide. Thank you. You mentioned the liquid biopsy at this moment is available for metastatic setting to check the rechallenge anti-EJ husband body, but uh, neoadjuvant or adjuvant setting in earlier stage colorectal cancer is a near future uh, will be available. Thank you so much. Okay, next question is, uh, what is the best biomarker testing sequence? Okay, first, uh, Rachel, please. Sure, my pleasure. So I think we, uh... In clinical practice, we order the RAS and the BRAF and the mismatch repair proficiency test by immunistochemistry. That's what we do in first line. 
And then after that, for RAS wild type tumors, most of the time we order the HER2 amplification evaluation, initially by immunohistochemistry as well. And the anti-track fusions can be used, can be tested as a reflect test with immunohistochemistry upfront, or as Kiara mentioned earlier, just for patients with MSI high, which is with the chance of finding an anti-track fusion is higher. And then we can check for uh, with liquid biopsy if that is available when we are planning to rechallenge a patient with uh, an anti-GFR therapy. Okay, thank you. How about same question, Kiara, please? Uh, I, I totally agree with the Rachel interpretation. Okay, thank you. Last question is, will next generation sequence be the standard method in the future? What are the pros and cons? Okay, firstly, nature, please. I hope so. It is still quite expensive, and uh, most of the things we can, we, we need the information we need, we can have it in a small NGS panel or large somatic panels, like the BRAS and BRAF and, uh, and HER2 amplification sometimes. But I think probably in the future, with more targeted therapies that are coming, we're probably going to need uh, expanded panels. So I'm not sure if it's a short or near future, but I think it will be the future. But for the pros and cons, I would say the pros is that the more information we have, of course, it's more interesting. But the cons is that many times we get information that are not useful at this point. Okay, Kiara, please. Uh, actually, I think that today it highly depends on the volume of activity of each individual lab and how they are organized. The only cons I see in the application of an NGS technique is the cost. Otherwise, having clearly multiple testing uh, at an individual time and having more information is of paramount importance and hopefully in the next future, it will be more and more crucial to inform our treatment choices. <laughs> and, it, and it also helps with selecting patients for clinical trials if those are available. So that's, a, that's another pro. Okay, I totally agree with your opinions. Okay, thank you so much. The role of biomarker testing in the evolving colorectal cancer treatment landscape. Okay, you can see here uh, ESMO, ESMO Asia, and NCCN in America guidelines, recommendation for metastatic colorectal cancer biomarker testing. Last, uh, BRAF-V600E, MSID, MMR status, and tumor sadnesses, all together recommended for all guidelines. However, in ESMO is an indication of heart amplification it's recommended in case of last Y-type patients only. However, in NCCN guideline, HATS testing recommended in all patients, regardless of last or wild uh, or last or BLAF status. Uh, CMS is a subclassification uh, one to four, is not yet recommended by SMOSMA Asia and NCCN guideline uh, of use in clinical practice. Okay, third question. Let's move on to discussion. The role of biomarker testing in the evolving colorectal cancer treatment landscape. How do predictive biomarkers guide targeted therapy in metastatic colorectal cancer? Rachel, please. 
So if we have a patient with a tumor that it has a mutation in RAS, in, in RAS or KIRAS, uh, we do not use anti-GFR in any line of therapy. If we have a patient with a BRAF uh, mutation, B600E, now we have targeted therapy to this patient, a BRAF mutant inhibitor together with an anti-GFR. If we have a patient with a deficient proficient mismatch repair or MSI high, now we use immunotherapy for this patient. So we have predictive biomarkers for resistance, which is the RAS mutation, and we have predictive biomarkers of efficacy, which is the, um, the BRAF mutation, B600E, and the MSI high. And now, and also the HER2, when there is HER2 amplification, we use HER2 targeted therapy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Okay, let's move to the uh, Kiara, please. Uh, well, um, I, I think that the crucial message is that after uh, many years uh, of using biomarkers only as negative predictors of benefit from available drugs, because we were using predictors of resistance to anti-GFR agents to exclude these patients to receive these drugs. Nowadays, we are moving towards the paradigm of positive selection. Rachel properly spoke about BRAF mutants, V600E, who are able to receive encorafenib plus etuximab as a standard option starting from this second line. Microsatellite instable tumors are highly sensitive to immunotherapy, immune checkpoint inhibitors. Uh, we have uh, several anti-HER2 strategies that uh, have been developed and tucatinib and trastuzumab is nowadays approved by FDA in the US for the treatment of uh, HER2 patients uh, pretreated with other treatment options. Finally, uh, in the future, we may see on the horizon a new application which is a targeted therapy for KRAS G. 12C mutant tumors, and in particular, the combination of KRAS G12C inhibitors with an anti-GFR. We have data with Sotorazib plus planitumumab and also with Adagrazib plus Cetuximab that deserve confirmation and are currently investigated in randomized trials. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, first section one is I conclude. The era of precision medicine and personalized therapy based on targeted molecules and genetic abnormalities as a treatment for advanced colorectal cancer has arrived. It is very important to use appropriate testing methods at the appropriate timing and to make the appropriate treatment choices. Recently, not only search for genetic abnormalities using tissue specimens, but also the use of liquid biopsy has made it possible to make more accurate diagnosis and treatment selection, taking into account tumor heterogeneity. Thank you for your fruitful discussion. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. You can access more content on this and related topics on Touch Oncology at www.touchoncology.com.